Hallelujah. It was a great time Wednesday night. If you missed it, you missed it. Brother Joe and Sister Joyce came in from Stillwater, Oklahoma, U.S. of A. And it was really a, a great, great evening. So uh, I know some of you had some conflicting things, but we really had a, a great time in worship. And then uh, as he preached and prayed and she preached and prayed and we received and glory. It was good stuff. He uh, made it. He texted me the day after and said, man, your folks are so hungry. Amen. Amen. And we are, aren't we? Okay, I heard three or four. You are hungry, right? Okay. Hunger and thirst after righteousness. Jesus will always fill you. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen on that. Um. I want to, to make sure we tie some things together, and uh, Pastor Kelly's going to be up here in just a couple of minutes, and he's going to share prayer with you. Uh, that's the reason we went through, uh, we kind of skipped over the prayer time today, because we don't have to do that every Sunday in that order, but uh, <laughs> 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 a religious cow's trying to set up already. Of course, you got guys like Byron then, you know, go around and he was kind of teasing Terry a little bit about getting a non-cowrie donut. Yeah, he took, he said, well, it, you, they, they take it out and it's the hole. They take it out. So, you know, I mean, how, how many years you been married? Two weeks? <laughs> oh, well, just pray for Louise and, you know. God gives her patience and strength and she'll bear the way. <laughs> uh, amen. Well, anyway, uh, we're doing a four-part theme and starts today. And it's kind of ties in with Acts 2.42. It's not necessarily word for word like that. But the theme is, and this is just the way the Holy Spirit really rolled them out to us when we adjusted it and talked about it and things. But part one will be prayer. It, the whole thing is build your tomorrow, okay? So Church of Tomorrow wants to help you build your tomorrow. You are Church of Tomorrow, and your tomorrow will be built according to how hungry and thirsty you are, okay? So we're going to do that. Next week, it'll be worship, and it'll probably be, it's not just talking about singing songs. It's talking about worship. Okay, Jesus said the day shall come when you worship me in truth, in spirit and truth. See, you caught me, didn't you? Spirit and truth. So what does that really mean? And what are some other things in there maybe that may be hidden gems? And then the week after that, uh, we'll be doing, you see, the word. Excuse yeah. We Yeah. We changed it. Okay, worship, then the word. And then the fourth week will be community. And we're not talking about community outreach. We're talking about church community. Okay? So those will be the four different segments in Build Your Tomorrow because those are more than ingredients. We're going to throw them in the pan, though, and we'll let the Holy Ghost bake on it. Okay? And then we'll, we'll come out. And the idea is I want you to put your faith 
in it for these four weeks that will all come out different in a God way. Amen. So praise the Lord. Well, here's that wild man of God. Now, Teresa told me a lot of times, don't call him that. Don't, don't call him. He doesn't need any extra. He's already got plenty of that. So anyway, here is the docile man of God <laughs> to share with us today. Brother Kelly, come on up, please. Oh, God is a good God, and uh, all that he does is good. That's what the Word of God says. God is good, and all that he does is good. Hallelujah. Now, we need to get a, a greater understanding of what good means. Hallelujah. But he's still good, and all that he does is good. Look at your neighbor and say, God is good, and all that he does is good. Okay. Last night I was with a very dear friend, and, and uh, she and I were talking about various and, uh, and sundry things. And uh, I don't know how it popped up, but I uh, started talking about how I could be very black and white and very direct. And so uh, years ago I was uh, still growing up in the things of, of life, and uh, um, we were going on vacation. And as we were going on vacation, talking sister and I and my mom and dad, and, and I'm just out of uh, sixth grade, and so we're uh, going on down the road. My family was a family of uh, newspaper owners and uh, things like that, so we had plenty of paper, okay? Paper was not something that we had a lack of in our family, so mom would take several different uh, packages of paper of different sizes and colors and just stick them in the car and when we go on little trips sister and I would have things to color on and write about and so we decided today on our trip that we were going to pass out police trafficking tickets to whenever we saw that dad was you know going over the speed limit or you know something was not right and uh, so uh, we're going down the road, and I look over, and this is way before seat belts, okay? And sister and I look over, you know, the back of the seat of the car and look at how fast dad's going, and he's going a certain amount, and so we give him a traffic ticket, and we'd write it out. And he's going different times, and then we find that he's in, doing an infraction of some kind, and you know, he weaved to the right or something, you know, write out a traffic ticket for it. And uh, so uh, we get going down the road, and all of a sudden, right in the back, back of us, you know, we see the bubblegum lights going. Woo! And sounds, you know. And so dad gets pulled over. And this is back uh, during Jimmy Carter days uh, when he uh, moved the speed limit down to 55. How many of you remember 55? Yeah. And so uh, he, pulled my, uh, he pulled my dad over and, and uh, he's uh, does the normal stuff, you know, about your insurance and, and your driver's license. And, and then he says, do you know why I pulled you over? And dad says, well, I think I do. And, and uh, he said, do you know how fast you were going? He says, well, rightly, I, I don't know. And uh, he says, well, I caught you going 67 miles an hour in a 55 zone. Well, I had him beat. Because I put my head out and I showed the police officer the traffic ticket that I had given my dad. I caught him going 81 miles an hour. <laughs> 
And then this big hairy marine hand just kind of came and pushed my head back into the car. I don't remember too much after that. (laughs) Now, does that have anything to do with prayer? I don't know if that does or not, but sometimes maybe we pray that way. You know, we, we manipulate or we want to show forth our part that we have to say about something. (laughs) years ago uh, it was uh, a season in our life where we lived a long way from school and uh, we had to get on a bus and we traveled I think 39 miles to school so we were picked up at right at seven and we would get to school about an hour later because we had to pick up other kids along the way took about an hour to get to school and the same way back of course There was this family that no one wanted to have the bus driver pick up, but they were along the way, and they were a poor family, and they lived in a shack, and there was a curtain for the front door, and kind of like the cardboard stuff, you know, was what held everything together, and they were out in the middle of the, you know, right next to the highway, and uh, they got a shower or a bath maybe once every who knows how long. And so, you know how kids can be. They'd be very brutal and, and cruel. And I remember the that little family getting on the bus, and no one would let them sit next to them. And I would pray. I said, Lord, please, I don't want them to sit next to me. And that prayer would not be answered. There they are. Plug my nose. Turn my head to the window. Don't look at me that way. You guys have done those kind of things too. I'm just being a little truthful and vulnerable. Can I be that way? Hallelujah. And and so uh, got on the you know they get on the bus and they'd end up sitting next to me. Okay, and then the next day, same thing, and they'd sit next to me. Every once in a while, I'd say, Lord. Help them, Lord, that they don't even have to come on the bus today. And they'd come on the bus. They were the most uh, faithful attendants to school. They never missed a day of school. And, and so none of my prayers seemingly were answered. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one time uh, I was in college at Southwestern College of Christian Ministries. Now it's Southwestern Christian University over here in Bethany. And uh, it was a season in which I didn't have much money in my pocket. In fact, all I had was a $20 bill. That was all I had to my name. Anyone ever been there? Maybe even had a little less. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm rolling that $20 bill around in my pocket thinking this is the only I've got for who how how long okay and uh, so uh, the pastor uh, we're in a conference and the pastor is sharing and uh, he felt feels being led of the spirit you know it's it's giving time and I'm holding on to my $20 bill and uh, he says there's someone in here that has a $20 bill that you're holding on to and uh And God is saying, release it. And I'm saying, Lord, I just prayed to you. You know that I've only got this $20 bill. That's all I've got. I've got to keep it. It's got to go here and got to go there. And that prayer was not answered. It was a challenge. Okay? And it wasn't what I prayed. 
Don't look at me that way. You've had these kind of prayers, haven't you? Am I the only one that's gone through this before? Okay, yeah. Uh, years ago, uh, I was at Harvest Christian School. We used to have a school at Harvest, at Church of the Harvest, and it was called Harvest Christian School. And I was the uh, third and fourth grade teacher most years. And uh, it's January, like now. And how many of you remember you get an ice storm every once in a while? And we had had an ice storm. And and uh, even though it was sunshiny and it had been a couple days, you know, the, the shadowy side of the buildings, you know, uh, still had not received much, you know, and so there was still ice. Well, kids are going out for recess, and, and I'm going out with them, and I hit the, the sidewalk that's shady, and it slides, and part of me slides, and the other part of me doesn't, and then I hear my left angle go, pop! An immediate swelling starts taking place. And I say, in the name of Jesus, you will go back into line with the word of God. And I will see that my ankle is completely well and will have no more repercussions in the name of Jesus. And you know what happened? It was really very sore and very difficult to walk, but I kept on walking because I knew what God had said to me, and I stood suddenly upon his word. He prompted me to say those things, and so I did. And I began to walk, and I went to that playground, and my foot was swollen, and I was hurting. But you know what? By the end of the day, the swelling had gone completely down, and the uh, ankle was completely healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everyone say hallelujah. Uh, a few years later, uh, uh, by this time I'd been teaching quite uh, several years, and, and I'd had many kids that go through my classroom through the years, and, and uh, one of them had a horrible car accident. And uh, I was coming home from Colorado, and the person who picked me up let me know immediately we're headed to the hospital, because one of your former students has been in a car accident, and we're going to go there, and we're going to pray. So we went there, and uh, we got in, and, and he was in a coma, and uh, he was not responsive, and so we started to pray. We prayed every scripture that we could be prayed. We, we anointed. We cast out devils. We did everything that we knew to do. Hallelujah, we called down heaven. We knew God was in the midst. He was going to be raised up, and he was going to live a full, whole, and complete life in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And just before midnight, he passed away. Don't tell me you've, had those, you've not had those kind of prayers. Okay? Had, a, had another. Uh, was sick in bed. Had a high fever myself. Still living with my family, mom, dad, I was uh, college age, and um, just really came into the things of God, and uh, knew that uh, I wasn't supposed to stay, you know, sick like this. My dad called the pastor, pastor come over and pray. I was in such a state, I was like, I don't care if I only have on my underwear, okay? I am not moving from my bed. Have you ever been in that kind of situation before? And uh, <clears throat> so I'm sitting there, and, and I'm laying in the bed, and I'm just burning with fever. And Dad says, the pastor's coming. I said, I don't care. Okay, just we need to do something. Okay, pastor comes. He and his wife pray. They anoint me with oil. And they pray the simple prayer of faith that makes the sick person well. 
And within 45 minutes, I was uh, completely free of that, uh, that fever. And I was able to move forward, sleep well later on that evening, and wake up the next morning ready to go to work. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Some of these prayers that we pray, okay, we don't see an answer, or so we think. And then others, they're answered immediately, okay? We're building tomorrow. We're building your tomorrow. We're building the church of tomorrow. And one of the things that is, uh, must be established in our lives is, is uh, to build Okay, what is ahead? To build with what's ahead, we need to be established in prayer. Okay, I know that sounds like old hat to you and to me, but we can never say it enough times. It's like when my kids, Pastor Dan and I, were talking about how we have to be reminded again and again and again and again and again uh, as many times as is needed. I and my kids come into my classroom every single day. And as they come into the classroom, there is a certain way that we do life when we walk into the classroom. You will sit down and you will open up your agenda and you will write down all the subjects and what we're going to do in every subject. We do that every single day. And I get kids that will come into the new day and they sit down or they'll stand and they just stare at one another and start talking. And I'll say, all right, what do we do to begin the day? We sit down and we open our agenda. And some of them look at me like, really? Is that what we're doing? You mean we're doing that today too? Yes, that's what we do. Okay? And so the same thing is true, okay, with our walk with Christ. Okay? We are established with some things that never change, and one of them is in prayer. Look at your neighbor and say, we're established in prayer. Hallelujah. So what is prayer? We know what prayer is. I want to just pull it down to its very bare minimum. It's communication with God. That's what it is. It's communication with God. And when we say communicate, okay, it's not just you, blah, 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 to God. And then you just say goodbye. It, there's another part to it where the other person is talking. You want to build a great relationship with someone else? You're talking, then they talk. And you, can, you go back and forth, okay? And you build a strong relationship because of that. Yes? Okay, and so uh, if you're having a hard time with your marriage, that might be part of the problem right there is something called communication. Okay, you're talking a lot and they're not. Okay, so uh, if there's an issue going on in your life, maybe you might want to go back to the beginning and look at your prayer life and look how you're communicating with God. Okay, hallelujah. So why do we pray? Why do we pray? It's to build that intimacy and that fellowship with God. It's to build a partnership. Hello? You understand that there's a partnership going on between heaven and earth. And that heaven and earth partnership in one dimension is the person of God and God himself. And we're building a partnership. We're building a fellowship, a, an intimate connection okay, between the two. So that heaven can come to where? So that heaven can come to where? And you are a vital part of heaven coming down to earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, why do we pray? Okay. Because uh, we see the needs of others. 
And so we go to the Father, and what do we do? We talk to him about them. Not in a bad way, but in a glorious way. Okay, Our heart becomes engaged with his, and we begin to have his heart about things, and then we see a person, and then we begin to call to him, and we begin to talk to him about them, and, and our heart is wooed and drawn uh, to, to be a part of their life and, and pray for, the, for a change to come into their lives. Amen? Uh, we want to see change come. We want to see change come into people's lives. We want to see change come into uh, situations that are taking place. We want to see change come into a nation. We want to see change come to a church. We want to see change come to a community. We want to see change come to different uh, scenarios. We want to see change come to a, ch- a culture. Hallelujah. I see a lot of things happening in this nation. I see a culture that's rising up that's not in line with God's word. And we as the children of God, we can address the issue by going to the Father. We have communication with him. And then we'll talk to him about it. And then he can talk to us about what to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm trying to be very, very specific and yet very clear about what's, what we can do. Hallelujah. Sometimes we just get, oh no, the, the world's falling apart. The United States is going to hell in a hen basket. You've heard that little phrase, haven't you? Okay. And then we don't offer any response. Okay. I'm learning through the course of time that with everything that I see that is, is not of God, that is not godly or doesn't line up with the word, I want to be able to hear the Father in such a way that I uh, am able to hear a restorative word. I am able to hear a reconciling word to go with it, okay? So if I can't say something, okay, that is able to be restorative, then maybe I ought to quiet myself until I hear the Father saying to me something that brings forth an answer, okay, that is restorative, that brings forth a redemptive plan, okay, of what to do with this. Hallelujah. Am I getting anywhere with this today? Hallelujah. I want us to be able to understand uh, the power of prayer. Hallelujah. So what are some of the results when we pray? What are some of the results when we pray? Okay. Well, if it's prayer that, that uh, we know is in line with the word of God, we know that hearts are going to change. That's the number one thing that's going to happen. Hearts are going to change. Hallelujah. Heart issues are going to change. Okay. The issues that are not in line with God's word, they're going to begin to be challenged and going to begin to change. Amen. We're encouraged. We're empowered. Okay. Many other things that come forth as a result. Okay. But powerful prayer, okay, is going to bring forth powerful results. Hallelujah. Powerful prayer results in powerful results. Okay. Effective prayer brings forth what? Effective results. Everyone say effective. Everyone say powerful. When we're talking about praying, I want us to remember some things. And, and it might sound today that I'm kind of like a hodgepodge, okay? But I want us to be stirred and activated regarding prayer because uh, prayer is so important to the walk of, of the child of God. Hallelujah. It is so important to the walk of a local body of believers. It is so important and vital to a city, to a region, to a state, to a nation. Yes, to the world. Hallelujah. It is absolutely vital 
to the heartbeat, okay, of life. Amen? Hallelujah. And so I want to say some things that have been placed on my heart that I believe are promptings uh, of the Holy Spirit. We'll talk about promptings. That's a big thing to me right now in my heart. Okay, and one of these things is found in 1 John chapter 5, verse number 14. We've put it on the, uh, the board for us. And, and so as we look at it, it says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Hallelujah. Notice I underlined in my uh, message, I underlined according to his will. According to his will. Everyone say, according to his will. That's very important that we pray according to his will. Look at your neighbor and say, pray according to his will. Okay? You know, some of the things I told you about earlier at the beginning, some of the prayers that I prayed, were they in accordance with the will of God? Some were and some were not. Okay? I believe God wanted me to deal with some things inside because a lot of the prayers we pray are issues that we have with ourselves. And so we pray out of that issue rather than out of the will of God. (laughs) Oh, toes are being stepped on, mostly mine. Okay, yes, Romans 8, 26 and 27. You've heard this scripture many a time before, but I believe, okay, that uh, it is important that we pray in the Holy Ghost. I believe it is powerful that we pray in the Holy Ghost. It's It's imperative that we pray in the Holy Ghost. It's vital that we pray in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. This is what the Word of God says about this. In the same way, the Spirit helps us. What does the Spirit do? In our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray. Have you ever been in a situation when you didn't know how to pray about something? A lot. I think as you grow in the things of God, there are certain ways in which you kind of know the heart of God about something. But then as you get to know the heart of God about something or some things, you find out, I don't know how to pray about this. (laughs) So I just pray in the Holy Ghost. Look at your neighbor and say, praying in the Holy Ghost. We do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Hallelujah. So we pray in the Holy Ghost. And when we pray in the Holy Ghost, we understand that it's the Spirit of God praying for the situation. And as He prays, as the Holy Spirit prays, that as that intercession is going, it's going in line with the will of God. There's that will of God thing again. The Holy Spirit is praying for your situation in accordance with the will of God. So when you pray in the Holy Ghost... Okay, you are yielding to the Lord himself, yielding to his spirit. And when you do, hallelujah, you're beginning to yield Okay, to that one who will pray in accordance with the will of the father. Do you want the will of the father to be done in situations in your life? Amen. Now, sometimes we don't want that. 
And so then we start praying other kinds of ways. And we're stubborn about it. Standing on the promises of God, my Savior. And don't, don't get me wrong, I, I do. I stand on that. I stand on the word, okay? But sometimes we're just standing our own, on our own stubbornness. And we're not hearing God. We don't want to hear God because we want it whose way? Our own way. Uh, my encouragement to you as we build for our tomorrow, as we build for ch the church of tomorrow, is that we have a prayer life is not based upon what we want or what we demand, what we think should be right. But we gain the heart of the Father on the, every situation and we yield to his will. Does that make sense to everybody? Hallelujah. That doesn't mean, okay, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. The future's not ours to see. Hello, get wrong. That is a lie straight from the pit of hell. Okay? We're not praying along those lines. We're going to pray in accordance to the will of the Father. We're going to pray in accordance to the word of God. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, this is good stuff. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's his will for his people. His will for his people. Hallelujah. His will for his people. And his will isn't mamsy pamsy, whatever will be, will be. There are things that are in his word, that are in his character, that tell you what his will is. It's not mamsy pamsy and like, well, I don't know. I guess whatever. It's not. Okay? Seek the Father because when you seek the Father, you'll know who He is. You'll know His character. And then it begins to change who you are. I'm speaking on some of my message that I'm supposed to be doing 20 minutes from now. Okay? And so I end up, okay, finding out what His will is. And then I'm lined up with His will. And then when I pray, it happens. Hallelujah. That's worthy of a hand clap, by the way. <laughs> Hallelujah. Sometimes we need to remember, you know, that the will of God, okay, may not be the same as my will, okay, especially in some very dear matters of the heart. Hallelujah. Uh, a couple of years ago, uh, we had a series of, of deaths in the family. I mean, it just, Pastor Dan, you remember how it just won one right after the other in my family. It just was a not an easy time. And maybe we've all had those seasons, you know, when suddenly one's gone and then another one goes. And then before you have time to breathe, there's another one. Okay. And you wonder, okay, what on earth is going on? Okay. And in that time, uh, it was uh, right after my sister suddenly passed away. And that was shocking. And then uh, less than a month later, I get word that my uncle is on the deathbed. So I'm praying, okay? I'm praying, okay? Father, in the name of Jesus, just going, 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 okay? And then I got a word. I got a phone call from my aunt and uh, my uncle, and he's, he's in the hospital, and he wants to talk to me. And so I talk with him, and he says, I want to go. I'm ready to meet Jesus. I want to play, I want to play pinochle with him. I can hardly wait. That changed my heart. Changed how I should pray. 
Because you got to remember sometimes that uh, you have to remember the other person's will is involved. And you can pray heaven down. All you want to. But you must remember the other person and what they are, what's in their heart. Hallelujah. Does that make sense to everybody? Hallelujah. I want you, ladies and gentlemen, as we build into our tomorrow, build into your personal tomorrow, build into church of tomorrow, I want us to be able to be uh, effective in our praying. Look at your neighbor and say, effective in our praying. Sometimes we pray a lot, okay, but then afterward, it, something doesn't happen the way we think or the way it should, the way we thought, okay? I want us to be effective so that when we enter into certain seasons, we know how to pray a certain way and it gets accomplished in the name of Jesus, then we're able to move to the next thing. Does that make sense to everybody? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, there another time, uh, my friend uh, Jan Jewell. I mean, how many of you know Jan Jewell? Okay, and and uh, I had taken her to um, uh, our cabin in Colorado right after I came back from Scotland back in '99, and I invited her. I invited my friend Dan previously, not this Dan, but another one. Uh, I love to bring some friends, you know, when I have opportunity and bring them up to our family cabin in Colorado and spend a few days. Well, I brought her along that time and and uh, she's up there. Well, she something happened inside of her lungs. She got an infection and it just debilitated her for the next nine months. And the, she went to the doctor. She was sick a lot and, and just didn't know how to deal with life and okay, what was happening. And so we ended up... Uh, I, I'm just wondering what's going on. And I felt prompted, there's that word prompting again, and I felt prompted to uh, go to her house and take communion with her. And so we, I went there and I took communion and we prayed the healing power of God over her life in the name of Jesus. And you know what? She got healed right then and there. And she was a different person, never dealt with it since then. Hallelujah. And so, yeah, absolutely, okay? It was the will of God for, for her to be healed because God had other plans for her yet ahead. Hallelujah. And sometimes the enemy comes in to do things, to try and stir up a little trouble. And you need to know your authority that God has given you in Christ Jesus. Stop allowing the enemy to push you around and say, well, whatever will be, will be. Sometimes you, there is a seed in which you have to do a little bit of warfare, Okay, do it in line with the word of God. Okay, there's some other ways of doing it that are not in line with the word of God. It's going to get you into some trouble. Okay, do it in accordance with the will of the Father. Do it in accordance with the word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. And so uh, promptings, everyone say promptings. I want us to be sensitive to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Many of you are more familiar now than ever with the Lord and his ways. And you feel a tugging every once in a while to, to uh, say something to somebody. Or you sense a tugging to pray for someone. Or someone comes into your heart and there's just that prompting, that little stirring on the inside. I would ask for you to yield to that. Yield to that stirring. Now, I know that the enemy prompts and that our flesh prompts us and so forth. But as we go into the things of God, as we go into our walk with God, there, are, there comes a time in which we can discern that which is just of my flesh, 
that which is of the enemy and that which truly is of the Lord. God's word says that the voice, that uh, my people hear my what? Voice and the voice of a stranger they will not what? Follow. And so those promptings that you hear as you walk in the ways of God, hallelujah, you begin to know the difference between, well, that's just my flesh. Uh, well, that's the enemy. That's not even in line with the word of God. Or it's the enemy, it looks like the word of God, okay? And it shines like maybe the word of God, but it's actually something cloaked, okay? It's the enemy trying to deceive me, because the enemy does know the word, you know. And he will use it to try and bring in some deceptive or manipulative form to try and get you to believe something that's not in line with the word of God overall, what's not in line with his character. Hallelujah. And so when you pray, I want you to be in that place of prompting, Okay, be prompting, be prompted. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, let's yield to the promptings. The promptings of the Holy Ghost, that is. Okay, we want to be yielding to his promptings. Hallelujah. I believe that is a real quality hallmark of a, of a mature child of God, okay, is learning to yield quickly to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. I had a, t a co-worker, I've worked with her for several years, and she came to me Friday and placed this in my hand, a little paper, and she said, I felt prompted to say this to you. And so she gave it to me, and it was a scripture that just simply says, okay, that what he starts, he will be faithful to finish. And that he will perfect that which concerns you. She's never done that with me. And yet, that was exactly what needed to be said at that moment. Does everyone understand what I'm trying to say? Uh, yield to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. I had a little boy that came up to me during recess. Now, understand, boys in recess, this is a big deal. This is supernatural in and of itself. He stopped playing, and he came over and sat down. And he's a boy's boy. Okay, He runs with the best of them. Okay? He sat down, and he says, Mr. Hancock, I have some things to talk to you about. Okay, And he starts talking to some, a movie that he and his mom and dad were watching and that it had transgender stuff in it and, and some, and some uh, stuff that we know is not in line with the word. And the moment it started, it was boys were hugging and loving on one another. And mama turned off that television channel and said, well, we're not watching that. And he said, Mr. Hancock, I'm just so thankful that I have a family that does that. And, and he began to weep. Okay? Over that, he just felt prompted to let me know these things, and he just began to weep and, and just say, I'm just so thankful we can pray and that we can go to the Father and that we have someone who's leading us, such as our God. Wow. He was prompted to come to me and sit down at that moment. Okay? I had like five of them on Friday that way. I mean, it was just an amazing day of what God was doing. But there were promptings. I wasn't the one being prompted. It was them being prompted to come to me. I believe that we're, and we always have been, but be yielded to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Years ago, uh, first pastor and wife that really ministered and, and spoke into my heart, Garnet and Frances Pike, they, uh, she told, Frances did, of a time in which she was prompted 
on three separate occasions, three days in a row, to uh, make a birthday cake for a next-door neighbor. She didn't know if it was the birthday or not. She just heard at 6 a.m. in the morning. You know how sometimes you can hear something at 6 a.m. and it may or may not be from God, okay? And she heard bake a birthday cake for your neighbor, and she wouldn't do it. And so on the third day, she finally yields and says, okay, I'll bake a birthday cake. And she gave it over to the, the uh, lady next door, and she was like, she broke down into tears. She said, we didn't have any money, and I'm so thankful that you brought the cake. It was so wonderful. It happened three days ago. Be yielded to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And when you pray, pray in accordance with those promptings. Hallelujah. Amen. Does that make sense to everybody? Be yielded to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Luke 2, 27. Hallelujah. Luke 2, 27. And this is um, uh, a man that was uh, uh, at the temple. Okay. Does anyone remember his name? What was his name? Starts with an S. S-I. S-I-M. Simon. Yes, Simon. Okay. <laughs> That's what I do in my classroom. <laughs> if it's dead quiet, I might have a little help. <laughs> Moved by the Spirit, he, Simon, went to the temple courts. When the parents, Mary and Joseph, brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him what the custom of the law required. Moved by the Spirit. Prompted by the Spirit. Simon was prompted by the Spirit, hallelujah, to go to the temple. Because he knew something was going to happen. He may not have known everything, but he knew to go to the temple. That's what he heard the Lord say. So he went there, and that's where he found Mary and Joseph with Jesus. And remember, he had prayed for years and years and years and years that he would be able to behold the light of his salvation before he were to pass away. And so he was prompted, and then he yielded, and he went, and he saw, and then he was satisfied because he saw Jesus, and then he passed away peacefully. Isn't that amazing? The promptings of the Holy Spirit. There are many other uh, places in the Word that deal with promptings. Look at your neighbor and say, promptings. Hallelujah. I remember years ago, one of my best friends, his name was Mark. And um, I was just coming into the things of God and I was really just seeking him. And one morning I wake up and I'm just prompted in my heart to pray fervently for my, bro for my brother in Christ, Mark. To pray for my best friend. I did not know what was happening, but I knew it was something that was changing the course of his life. And he needed prayer now. So I prayed and I prayed until I felt the burden release. You ever heard that before? Until you feel the burden lift, okay? And then the, back then, it was way before cell phones, so you just didn't call and say, hey, what's going on? Didn't go on social media or Facebook and say, hey, dude, okay? No. This was back, you know, when phone calls cost a dollar a minute if you called outside your own phone area. A dollar a minute, okay? Yeah. And uh, so the best way to do is write, you know, with your own little, what? Hand and pen on paper, and then you send it through snail mail. And I only knew her, um, his sister's uh, address. And so I sent it, and I said, something's going on with Mark. I don't know what it is, but it's really, power, it's really important, and it really has changed and affected him very, very strongly. I've been praying for him nonstop. And she sent a, uh, a letter back about a week and a half later. Of course, they're Seventh-day Adventists, so they had kind of different belief patterns. And, okay, but they, she said, how did you know? 
Mark and his girlfriend were setting up for a Sunday school, and the, he turned on the natural gas on the, on the heater, and the whole house exploded, moved off its foundation. They had third-degree burns over a majority of their body, and within three days, they were both out of the hospital and, and healing on their way to health. Wow! Yielding to the promptings of the Holy Spirit in your prayer time. Amen? Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, that's powerful. Again, praying in the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14.2 says, For one who speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to people but to God. Okay? Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. Okay? Uh, one, secret truths or hidden things. Hallelujah. When we pray in the Holy Ghost, we are praying out the hidden things of God. We are praying out the secret truths of God. Hallelujah. How many of you want to pray those things out? Hallelujah. Because it's important that as we pray, as we, as we build for our tomorrow, hallelujah, that we pray in the Spirit. Because when we pray in the Spirit, we're praying out the things that God has on His heart. We may not be able to understand it with our mind, Although we try really hard, don't we? Okay, But there are many things that we cannot uh, embrace or comprehend because we're human. And God has to get things accomplished. And so he allows men like you and I, women like uh, us here, and we will be praying in the Holy Ghost. And when we pray in the Holy Ghost, it unlocks, hallelujah, the mysteries of God. It unlocks the, the things, the truths, hallelujah, that are of the spirit realm that need to be released on this earth. Can I get an amen? amen. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. This then is how you should pray. The disciples were saying, Lord, how should we pray? Teach us how to pray. And I wanted to highlight this certain part, although we'll go through the whole thing. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I wanted to highlight, uh, I was prompted to highlight hallowed. Hallowed be his name. Sometimes we go into prayer and we don't realize that we're entering into a very magnificent uh, uh, position. Hallelujah. As a child of God. And he is a holy God. Everyone say he is a holy God. He is, this is a hallowed time. Hallowed means it's separated unto for a specific purpose. Hallowed. It's not just ordinary. When you pray, hallelujah, you're entering into a very powerful place. Hallelujah. I like to call it the secret place, the hidden place. Hallelujah. And when we go there, powerful things are accomplished in that place. Hallelujah. It is a holy place. Hallelujah. When I'm reminded of holy in the Old Testament, holy was dealt with unapproachable. He's unapproachable. Okay, you'll die. Okay, you change first and then you can come. It's what Old Testament was. 
Holiness, you change first and then you come to me. And it's impossible. That's why the Ten Commandments and the laws were given to show you just how impossible it is for you to change and then try and come to God. New Testament says, you come, it's very approachable. God is approachable. You come to me first and I will change you. See the difference? Okay? Big difference, isn't there? Now, it's not on the screen, but Hebrews 4.16 says this. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, boldness, and there we will receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Stop coming to God groveling. Oh, God, if you can hear me, la, la, la. Oh, used to be happened quite a lot right here at the altar in, in different churches years ago. You'd cry and groan and you would roll around and grovel. And, and a lot of times it was just trying to get God's attention. Like he needs, your, he needs to get some attention. I mean, like God's not, he's too busy somewhere else. And you're trying to get him to like, hey, God, it's me right over here. No, you got to go 44 minutes of groveling and screaming and yelling before I'll start talking to you. No, okay. Our God is a God, okay, who hears us, hallelujah, from the moment we start. In fact, God's word says he knows before we even begin to start talking. Hallelujah. But that doesn't mean we don't have to do it, okay. It means he's still looking for us to approach him. And we're approaching him with confidence, those of you right in within my reach, those of you on, on, on YouTube or on the internet, wherever you're at, I want you to understand, hallelujah, you can approach God with confidence when you pray. Approach him with confidence. Young ladies, young gentlemen who are in school, you can approach him with confidence, knowing that he hears you. Hallelujah. Amen. Doesn't matter what age you are, where you're at, okay, where you're from, and what you've done. You go to God, you can approach Him with what? Confidence, boldness. Hallelujah. And there you can receive mercy, find grace to help in the time of need. Amen? Hallelujah. That's the kind of praying we're looking for. That's the kind of praying you can walk in in Jesus' name. Confidence. I have confidence. Hallelujah. That I am being heard in the name of Jesus. God's word says, call unto me, Jeremiah 33, 3. Call unto me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things you don't know anything about. You just call unto me. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, call unto him. Hallelujah. His will, okay, our will lines up with his name. Our will lines up with his will. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. It's about us yielding to him and hearing what he has to say about it. Hallelujah. And then we join with him in that agreement. Hallelujah. It's not us trying to get God to agree with us. God, you see what's going on over there. You need to change that. Don't you know he already knows that? 
what does he have to say about it? We need to open up our hearts and be willing to let him talk to us about it so that we know how to more effectively address it with him in agreement with him on the issue rather than battling against him and then getting upset and, and all bent out of shape and we lose heart because our prayers were not answered. Hallelujah. Does anyone understand what I'm trying to say here? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here's something that just popped into my heart as we were worshiping. It came from the song. He will turn it all around for good. When you're praying, know this. He will turn it all around for good. I won't. He will. I won't. He will. And no amount of manipulation and control in the cloak of prayer is going to change that. I come to him in honesty and in truth, and I come and I agree with what's on his heart regarding an issue, and it will be done. It will turn around for good. Amen? Hallelujah. John 15, 7. Here's another little snippet, a little prompting. If you abide in me, Jesus talking, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Learning to abide in him. Learning to let him abide in you. To abide. Everyone say abide. abide. To dwell. Feast upon it. Let it sit and percolate for a whole long time like the old-fashioned coffee pot. Boop, 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 boop. Well, I can't remember what coffee commercial that was. <laughs> Let it percolate for a while. Sit on it. Abide in Christ. Percolate in Him. Okay? Let the richness of God come into you to, to make life of a real deep, deep flavor for your life. Amen? Hallelujah. That was just free from the Holy Ghost right there. Yeah. Maybe it was just my own brain that was just adding a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, campfires, yeah, yep. And in fact, I was thinking about that when I first was writing Abide, okay? God kind of comes down and, and sets up camp, okay, and wants to have a, have a chat, a long chat with us as we stare into the fireplace, okay? And, and we hear and we begin to become very deep and, and uh, close, amen? Hallelujah, amen. Let him abide in us, hallelujah. James 5.16, I've said it several times already, James 5.16, what does it say? Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray. And what? And pray. And what? And pray. And what? And pray for each other so that you may be what? Healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. One of those words in there, powerful, deals with the word dynamite. Explosive. Kaboom! Well, I don't want to get anyone's nerves. I don't want to, you know, really any rock the boat or anything. Hello? You are here to be light in the midst of darkness. Light dispels darkness. That's a kaboom! We're here to bring forth righteousness in an unrighteous world. Kaboom! We are to be different on purpose. Kaboom! By the way, that was a cereal from years ago. Do you remember Kaboom cereal? Yeah. 
<laughs> that had nothing to do with prayer, by the way. <laughs> God's heart is for you to have effective praying. Powerful. That's spirit energized. Spirit explosive. And effective. It has an effect. In other words, it will bring change. The prayer of a righteous man and woman. Are you righteous? In Christ, you are righteous. Outside of him, there is no one righteous. No, not one. In him, you are righteous. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Now that I'm complete in him. Remember that song? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Some of you look at me. You never sing songs I can remember. <laughs> Where's that come from? Maybe it came from a dream that I had. <laughs> I can now approach the presence of God with no condemnation of sin. Hallelujah. That's word. That's the word. We can pray with confidence. I can now approach the presence of God with no condemnation of sin. Hallelujah. Effective praying. I can pray effectively because I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Hallelujah. Effective. Uh, I was talking to a dear friend of mine and, and he was talking about how he's been given up basically the leadership of, of a new business okay and his family is moving away and that he needs to have a little bit more understanding on how to run the business and so he was getting some more effective technology in order to be able to perform and do uh, run that business in a better way than what he was before effective that means taking uh, what what needs to happen and change things around a little bit so that what is happening you don't waste so much time. It's effective. It's going to take care of the issue in the amount of time that is needed rather than spending extra time where you could be doing something else. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? I'm not trying to take God's people away from praying. What I am trying to say is when you're praying, be effective in the praying. Seek the Lord regarding the issues at hand rather than allowing the issues to tell you how to pray. Look for the fruit of what's going on and then pray out of that. Rather than looking at all of the weeds that are coming up and all of the stuff that's coming up and then going, ah, and then praying because of that. Settle it in your heart, see what the root of the issue is, and then pray according to the root. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you want to build your tomorrow? Do you want to build the church of tomorrow? Then you need to have that kind of a mindset. I am not going to be moved by what I see going on. I will be praying by the issues of the roots, what's going on, why is it happening? Does that make sense? Let's go a little deeper. Look at your neighbor and say, let's go a little deeper. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So uh, I just wanted to share. Sometimes there are seasons and times. Seasons and times. Sometimes we pray a certain way during a certain season. And then another season comes and we may shift and pray a little differently than we did before. Okay? That's okay. Okay, some people, okay, there's a season where you may need to go to war and you need to battle. 
Okay, because some things are happening. Other times, it's a season of silence where you're just listening to what God has to say and you just download what he's listening, what he's sharing with you. And there's little seasons of that that come. And I'm not saying that none of the, they all come in seasons. I'm just saying you may find yourself in places where, man, I'm not warring as much as I used to. Why? Well, it could be that God's moving you into kind of like a different season, okay? And where it's more quiet, and that's okay. You're not losing your salvation. Okay? Just yield. Enter in. Okay? Go with the promptings. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so, uh, pray and re- Yeah, you already said that one. Uh, here's another one. Uh, talking with this, this young man, and he just really brought it to my heart, uh, is we need to learn as we are praying to be thankful. God's word says that, you know, amongst the three things that he shares, he says, and be thankful for this is the will of God for you. Learning to be what? Thankful. Do you want to build your tomorrow? You want to build the church of tomorrow? Be thankful. Be thankful to God. Be thankful to God for, okay? Just release a bunch of thank yous to the Lord, okay? Just be thankful, Hallelujah. Father, thank you for the trees. Thank you for the birds. Thank you for the air that I'm breathing. Thank you that I can walk. Thank you, Father, hallelujah, for this pathway that I walk in, that I can enjoy you. Learn to enjoy now. Sometimes we're so focused on the vision, the goal, that we forget the roses along the way. Remember the old-fashioned phrase that says, smell the roses along the way? Enjoy the journey. Look at your neighbor and say, we may need to enjoy the journey. Let's smell some roses. Yeah. We need to be thankful. Yeah. Yeah. We need to be thankful. Hallelujah. We are a thankful people. Hallelujah. I'm going to say it again. We are a thankful people. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. So we want to enjoy the journey. We want to be able to to understand uh, God's uh, character. We want to be able to understand God's heart. We want to be able to understand those things because when we do, we begin to have our own lives change. We begin to see who we are differently. It's like this little passport right here. It tells me who I am, okay? And when I go to my father, he's the best one I know of that knows who I am. And so I go to him and I find out who he is. And when I find out who he is, I find out who I am. And then when I find out who he is and who I am, then I begin to pray more effectively, Because I'm not going to be praying according to fear. I'm not going to be praying according to anger. I'm not going to be praying according to uh, pain and and hurt. I'm not going to pray out of that mindset. I'm now going to be praying out of trust. I'm going to be praying out of faith. I'm going to be praying out of godly fear. I'm not going to be praying out of a worldly mindset. I'm going to be praying in accordance with who he is. Amen? Does that make sense to everybody? Hallelujah. Um, I want you to go to uh, Hebrews 4.12. Would you find that? Hebrews 4.12. It says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. There's nothing like praying the word. There's nothing like praying the word. 
There is nothing like praying the word because when you pray the word, what's going to happen? Things are going to come alive. Things are going to become active. Hallelujah. It's going to penetrate and separate that which is of the soul from that which is the spirit. You want to know the difference between the soul and the spirit? Start praying out the word of God. Hallelujah. Because when you pray out the word of God, hallelujah, the very essence, the very depths are going to be exposed for what they really are. Hallelujah. And so we want to know what the thoughts and the attitudes. You want to know how you're praying? Okay. Are you praying out of the out of wrong attitudes? Hallelujah. Are you praying out of wrong thoughts? You want to become more effective? Hallelujah. Then start praying what the word says. Pray what's in line with the word. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, pray what's in line with the word. Hallelujah. I was praying years ago and uh, there was a powerful man of God who uh, had gift of healing. Mom and dad lived in Arizona. I was here in Oklahoma and I was really excited about the gift, the things of healing. I wanted to see my dad heal because he was suffering a whole bunch. Okay. And I was just like, I'm going to get a plane flight and I'm going to go to Phoenix, Arizona and we're going to go to that meeting and God, dad's going to be their mom and my brother, we're all going to go and dad's going to get his healing. And I I'm just sure of it. We're standing on it. Meet me there at the airport. So I get to the airport and my mom and my brother are there, but my dad is not. We go, we have a great meeting, marvelous testimonies, magnificent time, but I'm heart, I'm heartbroken because my dad didn't come. I call later and he says, son, the reason I didn't come is because I, I don't feel like I'm worthy. I did too many things wrong. And, I, and uh, this is the consequence. I have to live with what I am dealing with. Had a wrong perception of God. Had a wrong idea of himself. And out of it, he missed out on what God okay, had planned. Hallelujah. Does that make sense to everybody? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I want us to go to the very last section here, sir, if you wouldn't mind. Ephesians 1. Uh, powerful prayer things that you can pray that deal with the word and we're, be, and we're closing. I want us to see Ephesians 1, 17 through 19. It says, and Paul is talking to the Ephesian people and I pray this over you. Hallelujah. It says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I pray this over you right now. God would give you the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation. Why? Why would you want that to happen? It says it right here. So that you may know him better. You want to know him better? You need the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I pray that over every single one of you. Those of you who are online, I pray that over you. The spirit of wisdom, the spirit of revelation. Hallelujah. So that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The rich of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. And his incomparably great power for us who believe that power is the same as the mighty strength of God when he raised Jesus from the dead. 
kind of ends it right there, but there's another part of it. Okay? But do you see the power of the word? And you can pray that over your husband, over your wife. You can pray that over your children. You pray that over your friends. You pray that over your enemies. You pray that over your church. Pray it over Pastor Dan. Pray that over, hallelujah, leaders of the community. Pray it over President Biden. Pray these things over your governor. Pray these things over, hallelujah, your bosses. Pray these things over your co-workers. Hallelujah. It can make a powerful difference. Hallelujah. Amen. And, and even I've got some others right there. But I really sense that we've come to a place you know, where we can stop. In a few moments, we're going to have communion. And in that communion, hallelujah, we're, we're adjusting our hearts, hallelujah, to where we will become more effective in our praying. Where we're going to be builders of our tomorrows, builders of the church of tomorrow. Hallelujah. And you're going to mix that in and bring communion in. Make that like a, 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 a something in your heart, okay, regarding who Jesus is and how he's going to bring this forth in the mighty name of Jesus. Would you stand this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Father, I pray Ephesians 1, 17 through 18 over them. I pray, Father, that you would give them that spirit of wisdom, the spirit of revelation, so they would know you. Hallelujah. Father, I pray that the eyes of their heart would be uh, enlightened, would be brought out, Father, so that they may know the hope to which you have called them. I praise you and thank you, Lord, for it. I thank you for many of the other scriptures that are found in your word that line up, that stir us and activate us, hallelujah, to become more like you, Father. Father, I thank you that, that you will aid us, you will help us to know how deep, how high, how wide, and how long your love is, hallelujah. Help us to find the depths of that, Father. Hallelujah. We just thank you. There's so much, Lord. Help us to be guided and prompted by your spirit in prayer. Hallelujah. As we build, hallelujah, tomorrow in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap. Hallelujah. Please be seated. It's boom, boom, boom for Jesus. It's boom, boom, boom for him. It's boom, boom, boom for Jesus who took away our sins. You know where that little song came from? About five men praying one day, back in the 80s. You'll get words and encouragements and challenges in that prayer time. Boy, that's a powerful message. Praise God. Hallelujah. Wait till it gets warmed up. Hallelujah. <laughs> Uh, well, what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about uh, a word in the Greek called kononia, and uh, that word's translated quite a few things, and we'll kind of roll a couple of things together here. Second uh, Corinthians 9.6, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Well, I got to do this. No, he loves a cheerful giver. 
And God is able to bless you abundantly in, so that in all things, at all times, having the, all that you need, you will abound in every, every good work. That is written, they have scattered abroad their gifts to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply, also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. See what happens when we're generous, we start acting more like God. Verse 11, you will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, people will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ. In other words, the gospel is working in you and through you. And for your generosity in sharing with them and with everything else, everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surprising grace God has given you. Remember, grace is an enablement from God. Thanks be to God for his indescribable, indescribable gift. You see, the word kononia, which is translated several different words in the Greek, is an opportunity. It rolls a lot of things together. Strong says that the word kononia is literally partnership. When we exercise kononia, we're exercising partnership with those others around us. Participation or social intercourse and pecuniary benefaction. In other words, it's an involvement of the church of Jesus Christ when we give out of our heart for the things that God wants to see done. The word in the King James, the word kononia is translated communicate, communication, communion, distribution, fellowship, all those different words. Communion? What's that talking about? The time that we get together and we share a little remembrance in the little elements we take of what Jesus has done for us. Distribution? We're distributing our financial resources, our prayers, the other things that we have available that God has given us to be generous with them. So you can be generous with your prayers. And whatever else, you may have some clothing. You may have this or that. You know, back in the old days, pastors got chickens. <laughs> now, I'm not hinting for a live one, okay? <laughs> benefaction. Benefaction is I have something to benefit you with, and you have an opportunity to receive, and maybe you... Maybe that's seed for you to sow, and maybe it's food for you to eat. God supplies all of it. 
but there's a circle of the kononia or of the fellowship and communion and distribution of the saints of God, praise God. So what we're doing is we're rolling a short teaching for all of us about generosity, about distribution, about all those different things we just read about, and we're rolling it together with communion, the fellowship of the saints, because it's all out of the same base word. <laughs> I had a friend tell me years ago, he said, well, you know, we used to bring our, our tithes and offerings during communion time, but we stopped doing that now. I said, oh man, you're missing it. You, were, you had a good plant starting out from the beginning in your church, and you got into the mental replication of it, and now what you're doing is you're missing out what God has for you because you didn't understand the depth of the Word of God in that situation. So what I want to do today is we're going to receive communion, and also I want to encourage you to be generous financially or in your prayer time or whatever it is. It's a good thing to bring an offering at this time, and it doesn't have to be a million dollars. It can be a dollar bill. I'm being, I'm being honest here. It's, a, it's an opportunity to recognize the opportunity to give and to be thankful of God. So put something in an offering bucket, a, a buck, a million dollars, whatever you have handy. And most of us have a dollar handy. It's a representation. I'm not, we're not tipping God here, but we're saying, I want to connect with this. I want to connect generosity with what Jesus did on the cross at Calvary. Jesus laid down his life so that we may have life. On this morning, on just driving on the radio, I heard they were reading something they had seen on the internet, and it, it said uh, something like this, that if you will pursue Jesus like you pursue all of the things in the world, then you will have all that you ever need. Because, see, God purifies our thoughts, our needs, our ideas, and following after him is what, what we need. We need the spiritual essence of what he has for us. And the, the dollar bill or the $50 or whatever it is is just a representation of your thankfulness, your gratitude, and your obedience. Praise God. So uh, let's go ahead, and what I'd encourage you to do, just uh, be seated where you are, and there are people that will be passing out the communion elements, and uh, we'll be able to receive right now. So, uh, you know, Jesus said, do this whenever you remember me, remembrance of me, in remembrance of me. His body was broken for us. His blood was shared for us. We eat of his body and drink of his blood in remembrance of him. This is just grape juice, a little cracker of bread. Thank you, sir. You've taught him to wait quite well, so... We do this as a time, the most important event that ever happened was Jesus bearing the burdens. I was on a camping trip the last few days with two of my grandsons, 13 and 14. Good kids, great kids. 
And I said, if you were asked to stand before God today, and he said, why should I allow you in my heaven? What would you say to him? How would you say it? And the older one said, pretty effective what he said, because Jesus died to pay for my sins. Yeah, that's it. And I helped him out a little bit on that, but that's, that's what he was saying. And the other one said, because I just love him. <laughs> and I said, yeah, that's, that's good. We're going to go a little deeper on that right now. But because you love him, you love Jesus. We can love him. Why? Because he first loved us. He loved those kids that had a curtain for the front door and smelled like it too. <laughs> he loved those people, that family, they're made in the image of God. The, the things that we see, those weeds, just don't, trust, just don't uh, concentrate on those. We focus on the Word of God. We focus on Jesus Christ Himself. And this is a special time that we can focus on Jesus in the brotherhood, in the communion of the saints, in this holy sacrament. So, Father, we ask you to bless this time as only you can supernaturally by taking the Word that's been sown, the message of prayer, and the the fellowship of the saints and putting it all together that we can rejoice at one time, one minute. Thank you for bless these elements to the nurture of our body and we praise you for it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. As you sit there, just the Bible says that we need to think about the body of Christ, to ponder it. The body of Christ is we think about Jesus on the cross and we think about the body of Christ now here on this earth and representation is in this building. We're going to play our song, communion, and just at your own free will time, receive that. And we'll take about five or ten minutes here together, okay? God bless. Everything that we could never do, everything necessary to open up the home of heaven, to be with you forever and ever. I've sinned. I've come short of your glory. And you knew that. You went to the cross with joy to see this old guy 2,000 years later and to know it was me, to know it was every person in this building have sinned and short, come short of the glory of God. And you knew that. You knew that 2,000 years ago, and yet you went to the cross knowing what was before you better than we could ever know what was before you then. And you made the sacrifice of all sacrifices. Your body was broken. Your blood was shared. How much more can we Give out of a heart of goodness and righteousness that you've given us because it's a new heart to worship you, to honor you, and to give the significance 
that you deserve. For that we are grateful, eternally grateful in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Would you stand to your feet? Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Go ahead and put the uh, giving things on the screen if you would, guys. Appreciate it so much. Okay. Now, communion is a celebration. It's a celebration. We just reflected on him. We reflected on us, just like Kelly told us. And now, because of that, you can have the joy of the Lord. That means you'll be strength. Go ahead. Praise God. We got one clapping. We got two or three. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. We'll get to praise him forever, and that's not long enough. Glory to God. Follow us on Facebook, and remember, Wednesday night, 7 p.m., we're starting a new one. It's going to be a 10-week series, probably more like 13-week series. Pastor Kelly has a picture of the book that we're going to be studying We've got a couple of those available at 12 bucks a piece. And if you don't have the money today, pay us whenever you get it. And we'll also be glad to order you one for that price. For those that are here Wednesday night that need a book, we'll be glad to get you one ordered. But we didn't want to have just a bunch. I, I didn't know, I didn't want to order over 200 of them. That would be a statement of faith there. Uh, praise God. But you're going you're gonna to bring things out of this that you've never imagined. And I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. If you don't walk away with it more than you've ever thought about the opportunity for covenant, then let me know and I'll give you all your ties you ever put in here and take them all back home with you. It's that important. It's that big. It's that good. We'll be, uh, actually, we'll probably be 13 weeks. Yeah. Uh, that'll lead us right up to Easter. Thank you, Brad. And um, we'll, we'll take full advantage of this. We'll have several people teaching a different segment of it, a different part of it. Uh, it's going to be so rich. If you can at all, anyway, possibly be here at 7 p.m. on Wednesday night. Of course, 15 minutes early, you get a little snacky boo. So, you know, be for that. Go in the Lord and the power of his might. We love you. We bless you. Be safe and be vocal. Think 200.